you you are a, a writer. I think you're 50 now or 49. 49. 50, 49. So boy, boy, if you could see Kirby's look when I said he was 50. <laughs> It's hard to hold a candle in the cold November rain, and there's no way I'm going to try to sing a Guns N' Roses song <laughs> as we enter November and as we enter episode number 174 of the Promo Upfront podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is the general arbiter of generative AI, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the heck are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's funny. There are certain songs that resonate, I'm sure, with everybody. Different. Whenever you bring out GNR, man, I, I am a big Guns N' Roses fan. That kind of came up in the, the prime of my high school and college career. So yeah. November Rain is the song I think about when it, it turns over into November. And especially when I think of Ohio weather, which it's, you know, that's it can be kind of dreary and rainy in November. Yeah. So love yeah. that song. Love that reference. So I'm doing well, buddy. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm wearing my official Promocations Cozumel t-shirt, awesome. a very vibrant there. So as we record this on Wednesday this week, because I'm heading down to Fort Lauderdale tomorrow on Thursday, and we welcome all the second promo cruisers to Fort Lauderdale on Friday, setting sail on Saturday. Uh, obviously trying to get every, all the ducks in a row on the brand of eight side and then getting everything ready for the group uh, coming in on uh, Friday been a little hectic and then you throw halloween in the mix uh it's been very hectic but actually it's in a, i'm in a good place and pretty excited and, and man i can't wait to get down there and, and uh, do the promo cruise again yeah do yeah, the promo cruise again. yeah, but, yeah. you know as i was as i've been doing all this planning and thinking uh something occurred to me okay I, I i something something rattled my brain and and i know it's the end of the year we've got two months left and i know i have a question for you if you don't mind yeah are you looking for completely kick-ass branded merchandise, Kirby? You know the kind I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, the the type of merchandise that really gets that wow or aha that we really want from our target audiences. Is that something yeah. you're looking for? Well, it's what I'm looking for, but I hope it's what my clients are looking for. Well, I know it's what your clients are looking <laughs> for, and I know it's what you're looking for. And I've got, you don't have to look any further than our pals over at Seven Sourcing, Russ, and all the crew over there, awesome people. They are experts in the field. They work with distributors to help them find and source custom orders directly from fully vetted overseas factories. And it's, it's without having to deal with the factory at all. You know, this is one of the things we talk about a lot in our podcast, Kirby, about the, the challenges and, and potential pitfalls of ordering overseas. Russ and his company really help take care of that. Uh, Seven Sourcing has a very strong pedigree when it comes to navigating custom direct merchandise sourcing, and their team is over a quarter century of doing exactly that. And even better, they work directly with you, every distributor on brand strategy, product development, product sourcing, order management, quality control, compliance, and logistics. Wow, about ran out of breath there. In other words, they completely, and this is no, no joke, folks, no joke, no joke. They, they completely demystify direct custom sourcing. And while they source merchandise at the lowest possible cost, they're never going to sacrifice either quality or safety to meet price points. And that's important. 
Seven sourcing isn't interested in meeting expect- expectations. They only strive to exceed them. Uh, Kirby, this is a tremendous opportunity for distributors just like you to wow their clients with fully custom merchandise, isn't it? It is. And and the thing about it is, is I've always been kind of um, reticent on trying to do something overseas on my own yep. and having a partner um, like Russ and and his team really make it, it, it just takes the stress. I don't, you know, there's stress in everything, but definitely yeah. decreases the stress in something like that. Well, and you see the horror stories all the time yeah. where people didn't fully vet the people they were working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, clients are, and they're out thousands and thousands of dollars Working with Seven Sourcing and Russ is a great way to mitigate that. And I agree with everything you said, Kirby. Yeah, it takes a little bit longer. Uh, The average order is about 75 days. Mm -hmm. But isn't that extra planning worth it to get that wow moment? I I think you and I absolutely think so. Totally. Totally right. So when... So when you're ready to move away from off-the-shelf solutions and wow your clients with off-the-wall, reach out to Seven Sourcing at sales at sevensourcing.com. All right, Kirby, I have the honor of doing the upfront this week. I put a lot of preparation into this, so I'm really excited to get into this topic I'm about to mention. Okay. Are you... I thought you were... Yeah, you, no, I'm being... no. So I was going to say, I, I, I actually kind of wanted to ask you a couple questions if it's all right. I'm shocked. Take over. (laughs) Well, again, I I think that this is one of those moments where I think that the no brainer topic for the promo front is, is the promo cruise and the promocations. I've actually been having conversations about it. Um, I I was, you appreciate this. I was on a promo soapbox meeting with a supplier and I was talking mm-hmm. to them about it. And, and and so apparently it's on my mind. But I think awesome. it makes more sense for me to ask you a couple of questions, I think, than for you to go off on a soliloquy. So um, yeah, I agree. I, so in the interest of transparency, I was on the first uh, cruise. It was amazing. I, I I'm actually... I, I don't generally have a ton of promo FOMO, but I totally do this mm-hmm. time um, because it really was a great event. So, but I have a couple quick questions about this one because it, yeah, you know, it's the second go. one. So I guess 10,000 foot, just like you're, you're getting ready to leave. How's the event shaping up? I think it's shaping up great, you know, yeah. um, different location this time. Last time we went to Nassau in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. this time we're heading to Cozumel, Mexico. And so I'd say right now, you know, the focus and the excitement is, okay, we have a different location now, Ron, that even though it's the same class of boat, it's a different boat. So there are a couple of things that are different, mm. but for a lot of people, it's their first promo cruise. And so yeah. they have no idea what they're they, to expect other than the, what they saw the first time. And so to me, it's shaping up to be a, a heck of an event. Um, mm. We have put a ton of work into refining some things uh, from the first cruise and making it as best as possible for everybody to really have those uh, collisions we talk about. Yeah. And, and, and so hope people really take advantage of that while we're, while we're there. Yeah. Okay. So this is the thing that when we, you know, I was living with you through the first experience, every, every single thing was the first time. And one of the things that I said was, oh, it'll be easier to plan the next time. So what has been easier this time? Yeah, there've been a couple of things easier because you, you know, you, as you're building the first of anything, you're building every support column for it. Yeah. Uh, building the website. Didn't have to rebuild a website. Had to right. change it certainly, had to ma- update a page or two, but didn't have to build it from scratch. The app, which I know is a big was, lift. It was a huge lift yeah. and, you know, now it's just changing data points in the app, changing a few things here and there, so it's not building it 
and getting it published for the first time, which was really the most. Yeah, that was down to the wire last time, I think, right? Yeah. And so you have a lot of those things. And those are the front facing things. Those are things everybody sees, but then all the back facing things that people don't see. The um, trying to do five dinners and change people around uh, so that they know where they're sitting and everybody gets a new dining experience every night so that they're having those collisions. At the same time, being sensitive to a couple of our promo cruisers who are extremely allergic to gluten. And so, Mm. you know, how do we manage that? So that's been easier. Managing, you know, how the space flows for the one-on-one meetings. We've done it before. Okay, we know what changes need to be made. So there's been a lot of things that have been easier just because we've had the experience. Yeah. So, okay. So the opposite side though, I'm sure that, you know, if, when yeah. there's easier stuff, there's probably some things that are harder. Has there been anything that you're like, oh, it was actually easier the first time than this time for whatever reason? Ignorance is bliss. And so I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the thing that's difficult this time is, you know, so many people were kind and, and said what you said. It was the best industry networking event I've been to, best industry event I've been to. And that's wonderful to hear. But we both, Josh and I, Josh Robbins and I took a very critical look. Okay, that's awesome. What can we do to make it better? What can we do to make it easier? What can we do? So So now the expectations are higher, right? Like, yeah. 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 Well, when we had the first promo cruise, we had a lot of people watching us just kind of like, you know, a lot of people supporting us, but like, man, can they pull it off? Right. And then there were some people who honestly didn't want us to pull it off. I mean, (laughs) the vast majority wanted us to, but there's always people who are detractors. And now we pulled it off. Now it's okay. Now it's the new, what's hard is the newness is gone. Right. Um, so we now have an event to compare it to. Right. Everything yeah. will be compared to that first promo cruise. Yeah. And that's a challenging thing because there's certainly it was very successful because of the planning that was done. Yeah. But a lot of, but some of it, you can't take away the serendipitous moments yeah, that were there, sure. whether that's, and, and serendipity to me in this type of event, Things are out of your control. The totally. weather was perfect the first time. There's rain scheduled a couple times during this event. I mean, it's the Caribbean. It's what happens. Yeah, but, right. You know, hopefully we don't get a lot of rain. Um, the people, the people on the first cruise. I mean, you talk about a band of of brothers and sisters in this, in this industry. There are people who wear it very much as a badge of honor that they are on that first promo cruise. And that's not to say the people who are on the second promo cruise aren't just as awesome and maybe yeah. even more awesome. Yeah. But there's always something to compare it to now. So once you have something to compare it to, now you now people just mentally start sliding. Well, this this cruise is better than that one. And this, yeah. especially some of the suppliers who are returning suppliers. That's so that's a difficult thing to try to make sure that it's always the best possible experience it can be. Um and so I guess I put it down to is finding things to perfect. How do we, okay, this was good. How do we make it better? And we think we've done that. The, time, the cool. proof will be in the pudding after the cruise. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so just final question. And then I have a sort yeah. of a thought, uh, sort of advice for the people on the ship. Uh, but yeah. uh, what's the best thing? What do you What do you enjoy most about sort of the planning process? I mean, I guess getting on the boat, but I don't know. I think the planning process is, there's so many moving parts and Josh Robbins runs vault promotions. I run brand of eight. So this is not a, you know, promocations is I guess a side hustle in, in, in the uh, literal mm-hmm. sense of the term. I think over the last two weeks, finally seeing everything come mm-hmm. together. We have the manifest done. We know what time we're boarding. The app is done and seeing it. It's almost like a puzzle mm-hmm. and this piece fits and this piece fits. And you're so busy trying to find that next piece. Sometimes we don't step away and look at the puzzle and say, oh, this is really coming together. Yeah. 
I've done an exceptionally poor job of doing that. My head has been so down in it, trying to find that next puzzle piece, complete it, get it where it's supposed to be. I really don't think up until yesterday, I had a chance to really back away and go, wow, this has really come together very nicely. And I'm really getting excited. So uh, yeah, I think that might answer your question. No, it does. My final thought, and you sort of alluded to it in the first thing. So one of the things that I think happened, and I remember it being completely organic, uh, was certainly you guys did a great job of planning. Hey, we're all going to meet at such and such, right. whatever. But as soon as we were on the boat, the group mm-hmm. did that on on their own. Like I, almost immediately yeah. it was like, everybody found yeah. their way to the pool bar and it was like, it started to fracture and then some, hey, everybody's over there and everybody came. And yeah. I say that to say that we all sort of imp- made the most of it. We're like, Hey, we're here. Yeah. So although I could go off on my own because it's a cool boat and all the, all those things, yeah. most of us took the time to go, you know what? Part of the reason I'm here is to network and and, and right. have fun. And I think that's why by the end of the week, we got as much out of it as we did. Does that make sense? I, I no, I would agree. I think, I think, look, you've made the time dedication to uh, take time away from your family, from your businesses to be here. So be here. Yeah. You know, yeah. be with the group as much as you can. Um, I, I think I think what you said was was perfect. Kirby, do you know what time of year it is? Tell me. <laughs> it's a simple question. I mean, you don't have to really labor over it. Seems um, like November I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what time of year it is. It's time for an EQP special. And this oh. one runs through the end of the year, which I love. So the next two months. Yeah, that's right. Our good pals over at Canada have put... The Epicolor Plush on EQP pricing through the end of the year. It's a super soft, super soft blanket combined with edge-to-edge sublimation that creates a stunning gift that will enhance any brand or event. Heck, they even have a ton of stock designs available, no charge, if you don't know what you want to do with your edge-to-edge sublimation. So you have to order at least 24 pieces for the EQ pricing to kick in and set up charges to apply, but... Gosh darn it, if it's not a fantastic opportunity for any distributor. And you can learn more at canadapromo.com. So, all right, Kirby, I think it's my turn finally to talk about <laughs> uh, something that's been really close and near and dear to my heart. Okay. I want to talk about the branding of Halloween, Kirby. Oh, okay. So, so you you are a, a writer. I think you're 50 now or 49? 49. 50, 49. So, boy, boy, if you could see Kirby's look when I said he was 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm four years older than you. I'm 53. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up at a time where Halloween was very different than what it is now. Yeah. Halloween, uh, you know, you, you'd have, you'd use pillowcases to gather your, your candy. You'd um, have a pretty crude low rent outfit. Yep. And it was really terrible running masks. from house to house. Yeah. Terrible mass. Very scary. And, but over the course of time, it's become this thing. I mean, there are people, this is their Super Bowl. Halloween has become their yeah. Super Bowl. And and I even know how we treat it. We don't sit at the door and wait for people to come to us. We're on the driveway. Mm-hmm. We have our bar open. We serve drinks. There's there's a, a certain shot I make every year for Halloween. Everybody waits for it. It's become an event. How do you think that came to be? And then I have a follow-up question. Oh, I think uh, the dollar bills, baby. I think it is It is completely, you follow the money on this. I think that Halloween has become, I don't know if it's the second biggest, yeah. you know, money grab holiday. And I, don't, I actually, that sounds like a much more negative term than I mean, but I think that yeah. it's it, part of it's been follow the money and part of it is it's the opposite of, of 
Christmas, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's the opportunity where you can get into some mischief and you can, you know, hand out liquor. And it's like, so I, I, uh, I think it's between those two things. That's why I'd say that it's kind of taken off like that. I I would agree. I think it's, yeah, it seemed like our parents, our generation of parents didn't really participate other than ushering their kids. And now I see a lot of parents dress up with their kids, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure we where we turned the corner that uh, you know anything uh, you know uh, sexy whatever is a costume sexy <laughs> vampire sexy nun which always makes me tense yeah uh, all that stuff um, the one thing I would say though as we've done a really good job of rebranding Halloween what I love about it more than anything else and I I, I would assume it's like this in Kashokton not sure with your new house and the location and all that but it's the last true community event mm. in a neighborhood. Um, and I, I don't want to ever lose that. And so I'm imploring, I will vote for anyone who will stop making Halloween the 31st and make it the last Saturday of October. Hmm. It's not a simple thing. This is not some significant actual day. Just put it on the last Saturday of October. It would make it a lot easier. We, we shut down early last night, you know, it's a school night and all that. So I'd like to see that personally. Um, so I think that's that's interesting. I would also, I guess, I, it, it, what's funny to me is that every place around here, it was that. Like all the parties were on yeah. the last Saturday. Uh, our trick or treat right. night was actually on Saturday, which is unique because usually it's a Thursday right. night or whatever. Um, and so my only complaint was that it got to Halloween and Halloween was over essentially um, here. And so. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I like, I like your concept though. I, I wish then everybody would do that. That sounds, you know, great. You could have, I mean, you could make it a day. You say kids trick or treat from noon until four. Or I whatever, love that. And then it's, and then it's adult adults are going to have their Halloween parties that night. I mean, this stuff's not that hard to figure out, but yeah, yet we don't figure it out. Yeah. My complaint was that it, it, the trick or treat was at five to six 30 yeah. um, in the evening. And so, and, and usually you do five to 30, five to six 30, cause it's after work or whatever. And I totally get right. it but on a Saturday. It's like, okay, there are probably people who didn't participate and hand out candy because they wanted right. to go to dinner. <laughs> right. So, right. well, so yeah, I'm in, with you on in, that one. in here, it was just like, it starts whenever it starts and yeah. it ends whenever it ends. And so when we were outside around the fire pit and we hadn't seen a trick or treater for 20 minutes, guess what? Halloween is over. Yeah, that's right. That's interesting. All right. Okay. Kirby, do you have a topic for us? Because I don't know about you. I'm excited about your topic. Okay, good. Um, so I want to talk about NIL. Um, All right. Name, so, image, and likeness. That's right. So it's been, believe it or not, it's been more than two years mm-hmm. since NIL deals went live. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of marketers are still calling it the Wild West. Um, mm-hmm. And now, obviously, it's still evolving. We're seeing more and more. And it, yeah. again, one of the things I always like to say, transparency, mm-hmm. like I'm a fan. Like I think most people are not, it feels like. Everybody's always complaining yeah. about the NIL and how people get paid and stuff like that. I, I I think it's great because I'm like, we allow for that in every er- other area. If there's an engineer who has a following on Instagram, we would never begrudge them getting a job on the summer right. and, and leveraging it. But somehow because right. they're a basketball player, then it's evil. I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. But from a marketing perspective, you know, I think it is really evolving. And you're seeing the yeah. USC quarterback mm-hmm. on Wendy's commercials. 
Yeah. Um, you're seeing uh, from American Eagle to Shake Shack have campaigns around college athletes. So as a marketer, what do you think of like partnering with a college athlete? And when do you think, what kind of brands, what, yeah. when do you think it might be appropriate? Right now, I think it's so disjointed, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, part of that, the part of the name, image, and likeness, the whole thing's a mess. I mean, this is the, the reason we have name, image, and likeness is because the NCAA, the governing body of collegiate sports, was asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. This has been coming for decades, right. and they did nothing. Um, so I don't, I don't uh, feel sorry for the people at the NCAA that it is just a ridiculous wild west right now, and it is. Yeah. One of the challenges with name, image, and likeness, though, outside of, you know, outside of a local community. Now, granted, Caleb Williams plays for USC in Los Angeles. Yep. But they they don't have any. Oh, they they don't allow him to wear any school stuff. So right. part of the hit, part of the name image like this problem is it took me three or four commercials to realize who is that? I'm sure he's famous. Yeah. I'm sure he plays quarterback somewhere, but I wasn't sure. And so because they can't wear a uniform or a jersey or a hat or whatever, I don't it's think just, it's just as effective dumb. if people <laughs> yeah, it's just not as effective if people want it to be. Uh, I don't think I answered your question. I did exactly what a politician does. I said what I wanted to say, and I completely forgot your question. Kirby, what was your question? I was just, what What would you do? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think brands should participate oh, in them? You know, like I, that's. I think I think it makes sense much more right now for local brands. That's the point I was trying to make. Yes. I think it makes sense for, you know, you have, let's say, Shadur Sanders, who's the quarterback mm. of the Colorado Buffaloes. I think his cachet is much more valuable in the state of Colorado Big than it is anywhere else. So if you have a three chain restaurant, that's why I'd go in Colorado. That's why I'd go after yeah. uh, the quarterback for Texas A&M, uh, Connor Wegman. He's hurt right now, but you know, if I'm a Houston area company or college, you know, Texas, that's what I'm focused on. Same thing with uh, uh, Ewers who at, at the university of Texas. I think it works much better on that local slash regional level because there's no, uh, I can't just glance at it and say, that's who that is. Mm-hmm. There's not that facial recognition yet. And there's certainly not in, in the apparel they're wearing. So I think it makes sense for local regional companies for sure. Yeah. I think, I think you and I are sort of on the same page about this. Obviously I had the chance to ask the question. So I'd have a little sure. more time to think about it. But I, right. you, I think you sort of went where I was thinking, and that's micro. I would treat it like micro influencers. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I think getting Caleb Williams on, the, I, like, you know, hospital marketing is not going to be able to do that. Yeah. But, right. So you were mentioning quarterbacks. Well, that's great. Yeah. But I think it would be interesting to look at other athletes, Every athlete. that play tennis sports. or volleyball yes. or pickleball who have a following and then quite frankly would be so over the top excited to get a sponsorship deal Correct. because they're not getting hit up that they would go over the right. top with their content not just on a commercial right. but how do we partner on creating some kind of content together i think that would be if i'm doing a marketing campaign around the nil that's where my head goes so no i agree with you i think that's i think that's great stuff all right kirby one quick topic before yep. we head into the picks and I've been wanting to talk about this for weeks. Oh, um, but it's not going to be 2024 business trend predictions. We're just right. going to push that off a week. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, uh Joe Biden, who is president of the United States right now, I've has signed an executive order 
uh, regarding artificial intelligence. Mm. And I wanted to share a little bit about that and how you think it might impact the marketing tool. So he signed this agreement or this landmark executive order establishing new standards around uh, AI development and use. So really what it's doing, it's mandating safety testing and reporting requirements uh, to a for AI systems. So what they want to do is balance the rapid progress of AI tools with responsible development. And specifically, the order directs the Federal Trade Commission to use its authorities to promote fair competition uh, in the AI development use. But what that does, it opens the door, obviously, to a potential antitrust actions as larger companies buy smaller companies. And they're also focused on mitigating the bias of AI, how it's programmed. Uh, Kirby, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. You know, AI has, we talk about Wild West. AI has been in a ridiculous Wild West. Now we have an executive order that more than anything else, it allows the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission to get their nose involved if they want. What do you think about this? Um, I think that my initial reaction is begrudgingly, I think that it probably mm -hmm. makes sense to have some oversight over some of it. But every time something like this comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah. awesome. Something else that the government can suck at regulating. I, I, mm. I like and, and regulate something that they don't understand yeah. at all. Like the idea that they have submits for testing, like the best these companies are going to use AI to submit to the, like it, because yeah, I, it really makes me nervous that it can run unhinged. I'm not sure it doesn't make me more nervous to have a bureaucrat having to stamp whether you, like something's okay or not. I, having right. having been through some of these um, creating businesses that where you have to have some sort of approval, it yeah, it's amazing that people do business at all sometimes. So I, it really yeah. makes me nervous to involve the government. Sorry. Yeah, so I have a little, no, no, don't be, don't be. <laughs> yeah. I have a, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a hot button issue. Right. Yeah. And, 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 but here's what I think. And, and I am just, before I say what I'm about to say, I don't like government regulation anymore than anybody else. I mean, what is it? You know, we say it all the time or I say it all the time is, you know, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. That's yeah. the scariest thing anybody can ever say, but this is too little too late. The, mm -hmm. the, 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 the horse is already out of the barn. You're not going to get it back. Right. And so I and, and agree. And, and, and the thing I think of is, Man, this is going to make it worse. Mm. It's going to make everything worse because who is to decide? Who is the moral <laughs> authority to decide that is not bad or that is not good? Whatever, whatever metric they're going to apply, and who knows what it's going to be. Yeah, this is absolutely a case where we are trying to, you know, technology is racing in one direction, and we're trying to throw these tethers to it and pull back to a system that maybe doesn't fit this new technology. Right. You know, this is not railroads. This is not steel, uh, steel making like coal mining. And that's what the FTC was built to do. Right. Yeah. We can look at Walmart. Walmart can't buy target. We all understand why Walmart shouldn't buy target, right? There has to be some competition there. This is different. Now where I think the government could maybe get involved, I'd like to see a little more transparency around data collection mm. with uh, okay. AI. I, I do. I, I don't know who, who has what, I don't know who owns what. If I mm. cre create something in mid journey 
which I do often, by the way, visually. Mm -hmm. I use it basically as my uh, stock photo. Uh, right. uh, do I own it? Well, AI is pulling from 5, 10, 500, I don't know, different images to create a quote unquote new image. I, do I own that? I don't know. So I think there are points where someone needs to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be the developers, right? There needs to be some sort. So I agree with you. I don't want the government involved in regulating, but I would like them involved in defining who okay. owns what, what kind of transparency, how, you know, what if, if someone used mid journey and, 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 and I, let's say I'm a popular figure in, in movies and they use my image. That's my image. Don't I own that? But now yeah. it's in mid journey. So it's, there's some very complex stuff here. I don't love government interference. I never have. I never will. But I just think it's uh, it's a little too little too late on a yeah. lot of that stuff. Fair enough. Good, good talk. All right. Let's talk about football picks for PPF. It's just Kirby and I this week. Next week, we will have on the boat, we will have a guest pick for Kirby. Oh, nice. Okay. One in one Matt shoe cart from PPS. But uh, let's talk about this week. Uh I, I we both did well last week. We both went four and two. Uh, at this point, though, you are four games ahead of me. You are twenty nine and thirteen. I am twenty five and seventeen. This is the week it's got to come together, or else something's going to happen. So let's okay. look at the let's look at the collegiate uh, schedule. Kansas State, mm -hmm. ranked number twenty fifth, is going to go down to Austin and play those fighting Bevos of Texas, number seventh ranked. Who do you got, Kirby? We are at Texas. I think Texas is strong this year. It, plus, this will irritate you. So I'm going Longhorns. Kansas State Wildcats. <laughs> All right. Uh, Missouri ranked yep. surprise in the SEC, surprisingly ranked number 14. Yeah, good for them. Heading down to Athens, Georgia to play the Bulldogs, Kirby between the hedges. They've, uh, uh, Georgia's been undefeated. For a long time, they haven't lost in like 26, 27 games. Missouri's a good team. Is this the week that uh, that Georgia loses? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, okay. I think at the end of the day, when we're playing these, these, uh, we're making bets and we're we're yeah. we're making predictions. We can try to pull the upset like you do when you're picking March Madness, or you can go chalk. Yeah. This is chalk. This is a Georgia all day. Yeah. Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby. All right, let's go. Uh, 13th-ranked LSU Tigers, the mm. Bayou Bengals. Yeah, this one's a hard one. Heading down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to face the number 8th-ranked Crimson Tide. Who do you got? Hey, this one, I, I thought this was one of the – this was the toughest uh, college game for me to pick. Yeah. Uh, God, you know, Brian Kelly's a heck of a football coach, but sometimes he's a cartoon. I can't decide. Uh, so I'm going to go – it's at Alabama. I'm going yes. Crimson Tide on this one. LSU Tigers, Kirby. All right, so let's head to the pros. Okay. Uh, we've got a neutral site game. I love a good neutral site game, and this is an amazing yeah, neutral th th site game. You got some good games you picked this week. This is, these are yeah. good ones. Unfortunately, I will not be able to watch this one. We'll be in our one-on-one -on -one sessions, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on the score. The Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs in Frankfurt. Who do you got? I am picking this based on last week. I think that okay. one of the things that you, you, when you have a, a really bad outing and you're a really good team mm -hmm. and you have to hear about that shit for a whole week, I think mm -hmm. Kansas City is going to bounce back. So I, I go yeah. Chiefs on this one. All right. Th this probably is a game of the week. Um, 
I'm going to go Dolphins, though. I, I don't believe in the uh, the fighting Tay-Tays, so okay. I'm going to go with the fish <laughs> fish there. All right, uh, my favorite team, the Dallas Football Cowboys, traveling all the way to the Mid-Atlantic Northeast section of the United States to play the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that's been anticipated for over 77 years. Kirby, who do you got? Yeah, I tell you, the Cowboys looked really good last week. Um and the Eagles did Don't not let look, them fool you. Didn't look good last week. And I'm basing this week's pick on last week. And I think the Eagles will look better. And it's at Philadelphia. So I'm going Eagles. Okay. Uh game of the year, obviously. I don't think that's <laughs> obviously. Um clearly. Uh I I am often fooled by my Dallas Cowboys. They lulled me into a sense of security to think that they got their stuff together. They've done it again, Kirby. I'm going to go <laughs> Dallas Cowboys on this one. <laughs> um, and then uh, to close out of the week, Buffalo yeah. Bills uh, head into uh, the uh, Cincinnati area to play the Bengals, who happen to play football in Cincinnati. Who do you got? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say that, you know, last week is really going to influence this week's mm -hmm. pick. And mm -hmm. Joe Burrow looks like he is back. Uh, they they really yeah. put it on San Francisco. I'm going Bengals at home. Yeah, I think when the schedule makers looked at uh, you know the entire year, this is probably the game of the year. <laughs> I, I don't think that's really in dispute. Um, I don't believe in Buffalo. Boy, they they I like watching them play, but Josh Allen seems to have regressed so much. So I am going to go for the Fighting Joe Burrows. Yep. Uh, as well so it's all right tough. kirby well hey it, it's this is hard stuff <laughs> there's a lot of things that are hard in yeah. the world like overseas sourcing right. is hard yeah thankfully there's a group of people in seven sourcing that make it easier for you because okay. they work directly with each distributor on brand strategy product development product sourcing order management quality control compliance and logistics they truly demystify direct custom sourcing sourcing and uh, they're always going to try to get the lowest cost possible price but never at the sacrifice of quality or safety russ and his team over there do a phenomenal job and you're doing yourself and your clients a disservice if you don't chat with them they will help you create merchandise that gets that wow we all want uh so when you're looking for off the wall instead of off the shelf Head over to sevensourcing.com or email at sales at sevensourcing.com. Kirby, it's been my pleasure to podcast with you before I sail away on a ship in the Caribbean ocean, Earth.